Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Hello another episode of Holly Hotspurs Live. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. It's another shower of shit. And like Lam says, I'm so sorry for you guys. I mean, I don't even know where to begin now, so thanks for joining us. Um, today, to try and dissect everything that happened, I have Luke from Rivalry Aside. Luke, how are you today? Uh, yeah, I've been a lot better, thanks. But uh, we've got to do it, right? We've got to talk about what a shambles that was and go into a bit more detail. So thanks for having me on. No worries. I hope it's good therapy for everyone because I bloody need it after today. And also joined by Tanya. Tanya, how are you feeling? Oh, mate, it's just the same old thing, isn't it? It's Groundhog Day. I'm probably going to have Arsenal fans in my ear because I was giving it to them the other night because <laughs> they got knocked out of the Europa. And now we're, we're back to reality with Spurs, aren't we? I can't say I'm surprised, guys. I really can't. No, it's just, I mean, I had a little bit of hope and it, it crushed me once again. I mean, obviously, it's just a Spurs thing that happens. It looks like we could get away from it after, obviously, Leicester and Brendan bottling it yesterday. And we seem to do the same again today. So, without a doubt, let's uh, kick things off. Now, normally, as we know, I kind of bypass the start at 11. But I think today I'm going to have to start with the start at 11 because I see Dyer in the back line again. And I feel like I've been repeating myself all season Eric Dyer today was at fault for all three of our goals against us. And, OK, he might not be in the direct fault for maybe one or two, but definitely involved in all three. So, Luca, come to you first. Where do we even bloody go with Dyer anymore? I just, <laughs> I'm lost for words. I, d- I just don't know how to how to start with it. Look, Ryan Mason's got a difficult job on his hands, right? He, I understand what he's doing. He's, he's basically Daniel Levy's puppet and... He has to play the team that I know. I read this comment; it's absolutely outrageous, isn't it? But I just, <laughs> do you know what? If I do, if I want to disconnect my Wi-Fi, I'd have just not come on. But I, I've got to do it. We've got to talk about it. It's my only um, way of getting over it. Otherwise, it will ruin my entire weekend. Um, so we'll get this out of the way and get it done. Sorry. So yeah, in my opinion, Ryan Mason's just Daniel Levy's puppet. He's playing the players that Daniel Levy wants him to play. In my opinion, he goes for experience at the back. It's not the best back line. Um, it worked out well against Sheffield United. Eric Dyer did play good against City in the Cup final. But again, yeah, there's there's just time and time again where he makes far too many mistakes. But to be honest with you, I could go through every single player in the starting lineup and substitutes, and I'd probably give none of them over a 5 out of 10. They were all awful today. Hmm. Uh, I 100% agree. It wasn't a lot of greatness going on on the pitch today. And Tans, I come to you again. I know, obviously, Luke said that he played all right against Man City. Now, Luke, I'm not going to degrade your comment, but I felt like <laughs> City were lucky in the fact, well, we were lucky in the fact that they didn't put away their chances because I don't think we really kind of put up a defensive fight against them. But moving towards to this game, obviously, today, I think Serge Aurier kind of got a beating as well down that side. They just knew that he is the weakest link. So what would you make on the, the shambolics of defence today, Tanya? I mean, you know my feelings on Eric Dyer. I think I've made that known on Twitter again today. I, I call him Eric Diarrhea. I say he's all head and no brain. 
The thing with Eric Dyer as well that really irritates me is that he seems to think that he's always scapegoated. And I see him on the pitch at times blame other players for not marking their man. But you are always at the root of it. I'm sorry, but he is. He is absolutely awful. And I don't know why he continually gets played by managers. Gareth Southgate loves him. I'm telling you, he's got these managers under some spell. Because he's awful, absolutely awful. But to be honest, I actually respected Mason a little bit because I thought, you know what, at least there's some consistency with the back four. I sometimes think swapping and changing it isn't always great. But honestly, man, I I, I don't know what to say anymore. Our defence is it, just shocking. It's absolutely shocking. When you look at other teams that are flying high at the moment, Chelsea, City, you know, they've got a good, good defence we don't. And I said it on another stream, you know, that's the difference in quality. You know, that's the difference between a side that can challenge. You've got a good defence and we we just don't have it. Eric Dyer, honestly, I'm done with him. I don't want him here next season. I really don't. This but... is, this is, yeah, I, I just, I don't know where to go with Dyer. I thought maybe he was turning a page and then he goes back three pages. No. Like, I just, I don't know what's going on with him. I really don't. The thing that frustrates me more is the fact that, like you said, He'll ball watch and then blame someone else for not stepping up to the mark. And I've kind of always said this. I think the combination of Toby and Dyer just doesn't work in the sense that I think Dyer's got some sort of ego going on and Toby's trying to be the commanding one, but Dyer mm. thinks that he should be the commanding one. So I think we we really need to sort out that back line. And obviously, I think it was the first goal. I mean, my brain's just a complete mess at the moment. But I'll come to you, Luke. The first goal, obviously, the ball comes in. It's a brilliant cross. I don't really know what Regulon's trying to do, but he kind of passes it back to Larice. Larice saves it, and we're not quick enough to react for the follow-through. So what was your kind of thoughts, Luke, on that first goal that we conceded? Would you blame Serge? Would you blame the two centre-backs for ball-watching? What, what's going on in that goal? It's difficult, isn't it? Because you're more of a footballer, right? So in that position, do you tell the defender to take him down the line as opposed to cutting inside? Because that's all Serge Aurier did all game, you know, and that... Mm. A, a team like Leeds, Man City do it as well. Liverpool did it last season where they drill it across the six-yard box. Somebody has to deal with it, right? I remember the Firmino goal against Liverpool where neither Dyer nor Lloris came and collected the ball. He just sticks it in the back of the net. With Regrion, he doesn't know where he is, right? So I think it's a, a foot to play it out for a corner. But instead, he nearly scores an own goal. Lloris has an incredible save. And then there's I don't think anybody has time to react to anything then. And um, yeah, it's just it's just dreadful. Don't know if I blame Dyer because if Dyer gets a foot on it, does it also end up in the back of the net? Mm. Um, it it's so tricky, right? If Serge Aurier tells him to cut inside, the guy could bend it in the top corner. You just don't know what's going to happen, and and they just doubled up on Serge Aurier time and time and time again, and there was just no no answer to it. It, um, I, I do appreciate that because it is true. I mean, it looks like regular is being told that there's two men behind him. He doesn't really know where he is. And like you said, he's he's trying to think in two minds, I think, whether to get it out, turn around and curl it round to hook it out or try to send it away for a goal kick, uh, out for a corner, sorry. But yeah. he just he seems to be stuck in two minds. And it's just really frustrating that no one's really organised at the back. I think we have a tendency of not shuffling it across with the play. Mm. And I know in a cross like that, you, you can't necessarily do deal with that kind of thing. But whole game, I'm seeing gaps, pockets of gaps everywhere for Leeds to just play into. So, Tanya, what do you think is really going on? Is, is Ryan Mason trying to sort out this shape by playing this consistent team? Or do you think 
these players just haven't got in their brain to shuffle across because it's happened so many times now that they're just leaving gaps all over the place. I don't know. I just, I sometimes think a lot of these players are uncoachable. I really do. And that's no criticism to Ryan Mason. I, I feel for him in a way because he's just been put in a position that he shouldn't be in. He's inexperienced. We can't ask him to, you know, transform this defence overnight. But I don't know. I, I've been one of them critical people about Jose Mourinho as our manager. But I'm even starting to look at it now and think maybe I, he deserves an apology because I, I just don't think the players are good enough. I just think what manager can get the best out of these defenders? Like you say, we just, we're all over the place. You know, no, no one's in the right position a lot of the time. It's painful watching us defend. It really, really is. And as I say, I just I don't think they're good enough for me. Dyer, he needs to go. Rekilon is a bit of a concern. Um, he was good in the last game. But it was Sheffield United. I just don't know what's happened to him. I really don't. And Aurier. I mean, what can we say about Aurier? He's another one that's inconsistent. That's the thing. It's just like really and truly, it's just the players aren't good enough. But I also think Ryan Mason. He, he is a bit clueless and that's not his fault he's a young manager and as I say he should be put in this position anyway but yeah maybe you're right I think he was just trying to steady the ship and play the same players just to get a bit of consistency but I don't think anything's working nothing works it really isn't. I mean, this is a good uh, little comment from Alan. Um, it says, Nodomle doesn't play well for a couple of games and gets dropped from the, club, uh, the cup final and more. But Dyer, this is the thing. What is this constant mm. nature with Dyer? There's, there's got, he's got to have something over these players. So, Luke, what's your kind of thoughts on Nodomle? There's rumours flying around, obviously, with fasting and things that he can't keep up his fitness. And, okay. I mean... To be fair to him, obviously, we know that he's been struggling fitness in the past. Maybe this is a thing. But again, we only saw him for a little time today. Do you think maybe his fitness, again, is is maybe lacking with his fasting and things? Or do you think it's something completely different? Yeah, potentially uh, could be to do with that. I really don't know. In terms of the impact that he made when he came on, there really wasn't any. You know, he's the kind of player that we need, right? In a sense of being able to take the ball from a defensive shape into an attacking shape quickly and you know being able to maybe bypass a player create a bit of space for those forward runners he's the the silkiest player in terms of tight spaces so he's able to turn pivot quicker move the ball um but again missed the cup final missed last week's game missed three quarters of the game today i don't know what what's up with him because you know we, we constantly play giovanni lo celso and, and and he was all right today oh. but but his corner taking was just atrocious today. His set, you know, that's the one He's thing I would terrible. say he tried himself on his set pieces, but they were just awful today. Um, so I don't know why there's suddenly been that change where Ndombele gets dropped and then Lacelso's played. But again, I still think it's Daniel Levy making the making the calls. I genuinely do. He's looking at every player from a financial perspective. Why else is Deli Ali playing? in the last two games. Mm, you know, what's he done this it? season to be able to do that? Nothing. The reason why he's being played, it's all about playing the players. <laughs> oh, close. no, they've started already. <laughs> close, it's about playing the players close to a transfer window by being able to put them in that shop window to either be able to sell them or um, you know try and get them, them playing. Effectively, that's why um, Gareth Bale's playing a lot. Okay, he did play well against... Uh, 
Sheffield United obviously got his hat trick, but that's why he plays a lot because Daniel Levy's paying two hundred grand a week, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want him sitting on the bench. Um, Deli Ali again, if they want to sell him, they need him to be playing. That's how he's going to get his price up. Um, who else are we talking about? Lacelso again. They paid a lot of money for Lacelso, and if he's not going to play, they need to get rid of him, and then therefore they need to put him in the shot window. I don't think that Ryan Mason's making all these decisions. Um, obviously, he will have some say, but I genuinely believe a lot of them being made from the board. Uh, that's why there's a big falling out with Jose in the end, I believe, over player selections and certain players mm-hmm. not being played. Um, we need to do something. I agree with our defence, but we really need to do something with that defensive midfield role. Hoiberg yeah. can't do it all on his own. He can't make every tackle. He can't break up every play. The amount of times from transition from attack to defence that we got absolutely killed by Leeds today, which was going to happen if we played like we normally do, and that's the fault of having four, you know, forward-thinking players on. You know, yes, Deli Ali today got an assist, right? But apart from that, I don't remember anything else that he did. Mm, absolutely. It's probably the same with Ben as well. I, I can't really remember much that he did either. And no. I think we kind of, I, th- I know I sat there yesterday on your show and we, we kind of said that, obviously, if we are against this Leeds team, we need to play a more structured attacking team in the sense that we can't have the likes of Bell because we know he's not going to track back and especially Serge yeah. Aurier on that side I think it was a massive mistake and it is interesting you say that you don't think Ryan Mason is making all the shots because I think you might be right so Tanya that being said do you, for me I think it's too little too late in a sense for Deli Ali. I know he played okay today and I don't want to state him too much but after obviously we'll get into the VAR thing but he would technically have two assists today now I think yeah. that is quite great at the fact that he has recently fallen off a cliff because he hasn't been in the team much so do you think maybe this could be maybe a second life for Deli Ali, or do you think maybe it's too little too late I, I think it's too little too late and yeah. maybe that isn't all his fault because I think the lack of game time as well doesn't help things you can't expect him to be that savior but I just think from what I've seen of him it hasn't been enough and I, I said this, even when Jose was giving him opportunities, I felt that he wasn't really saying to Jose, I should be picked going forward. And look, today, I think he had a decent game, but I agree with Luke. I think apart from the assist, what did he really do today? Not much. And I just think genuinely our midfield is a concern for me at the moment. I think defence is always going to be a concern, but the midfield, I'm really starting to question it, guys. I think the Celso... I've actually had Lacelso's back, so I think I'm allowed to criticise him a little bit. And I've said he's still young, he's injury-prone, hasn't been given enough minutes this season, but he is like an Amela. I just want to rip my hair out when he's playing. <laughs> Honestly, it's just like some of the decision-making in that final third for him at times. And even Hoybier today, you know, sideways passing, but I think he needs help out there, like Luke was saying. So... I personally want Skip back. I know people yeah. are saying he's still young, but for me, he goes straight in there for me. Because I just, the Celso and, and Dombele, I, I think he should be playing. But then there is an argument when he does play at times, he, he doesn't work hard enough. So it's a bit of a, we need to sort out this this issue with midfield. I just feel like, what is the best midfield that we can put out? You know, is it the Celso, Hoybier and Dombele? I don't know. I don't know. But we massively, 
We massively miss a Wanyama Dembele midfield. Even Ericsson. I, I miss that midfield so much. I just think our midfield it's it's very flimsy and weak. I just think we get overrun all the time. All these teams that have outplayed us in the midfield leads today. I mean, they absolutely bullied us today. And that's why I have to question are, are they good enough? I don't know. I don't well, know. I want to say something outrageous, okay? And we oh, started off the okay. show slagging <laughs> off Eric Dyer, Okay. <laughs> But I genuinely believe that he would be better suited in a midfield three with Hoiberg. Wow. Because okay. the what I saw wow. what I saw from him today, <laughs> right? Wow. When he decided to pick the ball up and drive forward, okay, he actually looked better than when he's trying to defend, in my yeah. honest opinion. So if he sat there in that role as extra protection, he has the defensive attributes anyway, and he used to be a defensive midfielder before. I think changing into centre back was the worst option he ever he ever decided on but i'm just i'm just trying to think of some way mm. that we can scrape something together at the moment long term it's not an ideal thing you know long term i want to see next season i want to see hoiberg skip and dombele that mm. gives hoiberg and skip the option to then sit back and then dombele the option to be able to be box to box um that yeah that option of lacelso um hoiberg and then dombele is just absolutely outrageous like do you know what? Mm. I don't think that's too outrageous because I've always said I don't think Dyer is a centre back, and yeah. he has played at midfield. But I'm trying to remember when he was playing at midfield. You know, did he did he play that great? I don't know. But you're right because there were moments in that game where he was sort of driving past a couple of passes. Oh, yeah. okay, maybe we could try him there. I mean, what have we got to lose? It might you know, be something that works. What <laughs> could happen, right? And hear me out: is that we have Joe Rodon playing as a left sided centre back. We have Eric Dyer playing as a left-sided midfielder. Therefore, if we ever need the extra cover, Dyer can slot in. Then we're on the attacking transition. He can move back into defensive midfield. I think that right. it would it would help out both mm. options. Right, get on the phone to Mason. I know that's okay, it. Listen. I've got this sorted. Just. I was, was going to say, I don't know if I feel that confident with Dyer. I think he's... Yeah, Holly, you don't seem keen to that idea. <laughs> no, I'm not keen. Thinking, mm, I just want him gone. I mean, sure. it is a good shout. Like you said, when he did go forward, I was thinking to myself, what the are you doing? Because now the back line is going to be even more all over the place. Like, go back, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying, but I, I don't know. I just... For me, it just kind of highlights the board again. And I know I keep going on about Enikelt, but... We never replaced these players. We just got in players that we thought, oh, they're doing, they're coming on the cheap. Mm -hmm. They should be all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we lost Wanyama. Okay, he wasn't brilliant, but at least he did a job in making sure that the likes of Dembele could push forward and he could just make sure that he'd sweeped and made sure that the, the back line were okay with him trying to stop everything in front. And we haven't even managed to replace Wanyama, I don't think. No. I don't think we have. And obviously, Ericsson going... We got the Celso in, okay. I think they're two different players. They really are. Eric's but what is the Celso's role? I don't get what he's there mm. to do, guys. This is this is the problem. I just watch him. I'm like, what? What are you? What are you? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And like you said, I think we do need a third person in there to help Hoiberg because I was having an argument uh, with a Saints fan, as I do, um, <laughs> saying that Hoiberg just loses the ball all the time. He passes he does. it to, to... And he does. I, I can't sit here and say that he doesn't, but I also think that if we didn't have him in there trying to break up the play, I think it'd be things would be a lot worse because at least he's trying to break it up. Otherwise, we had no one in, in stopping in front like when Yama used to do. And hopefully having the likes of Skip coming in to help him in that too 
in a two row in front of the back four, it, it might do it wonders. He might be able to play the little pass to Skip and then Skip can be the one that finds that pass forward. Who knows? But like you said, right now, the, the midfield is just isn't the dynamic that is really working for and, us. And, and there's um there's no goals from midfield either. Hardly any goals. And I just think we miss that, you know? Nothing from midfield. And that's why at times I feel like one of our biggest issues is the lack of creativity. And that's why we're having to see Kane drop so deep at times. <laughs> yeah, it's to keep the medical staff in a job. Yeah, agree with that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that is true as well, because obviously Kane has been playing a, a more deeper role. And you'll think to yourself, mate, just get in the box. And I think sadly today, like, I'm not picking out mm. Kane because we know Kane is well class, but he's fallen off the mark. And to be honest, I don't, yeah. I don't really blame him. I think that yeah. that cup final defeat, I think, has really destroyed him more so than I think many people are, are trying to let on. Because I think for him losing another final in mm-hmm. a stage where we had a manager like Joe, so we kind of thought, well, I kind of thought was going to do it. And he wasn't even allowed to be there at the final to guide them through to hopefully a win. It's just, I don't know how Kane's still mentally okay because I'm really not. But anyway, aside from that, let's move on to more depressing things. And that is the VAR decision. Last week, we spoke about VAR. And this week, I'm talking about VAR once again. And that is the Harry Kane offside call. Now, Luke, I'm going to leave this to you to kick it off. What do you make of it? (laughs) Okay, so I'm making a statement, first of all, a disclaimer. I'm not going to sit here and say that we lost this game because of Mm -hmm. VAR. Okay? We weren't good enough today. But saying that, it's one of the most outrageous VAR decisions I've ever seen in my entire life. Right, let me get into it, okay? How anybody (laughs) can decide where his foot is compared to the defender's foot I will never ever ever know I'm look, literally on my phone now looking at the image and the way they've drawn those lines the first line is drawn and when you look at it first of all it covers Harry Kane's foot so then <laughs> therefore you can't you can't oh, it's see ridiculous. it it's ridiculous and then they then they decide a man decides where the, the other line is right and they just <laughs> place it wherever they like secondly if we go all the way over to Rafinha's offside, which was actually on, mm. which was onside, they never ever showed us the image. It flashed no. up for about two seconds, and then the the game carried on, and that looked more offside than Harry Kane. Now, at that point, they'd have still won two one, so I'm not saying that. But if Harry Kane's goal had counted, we'd have uh, we'd have been two one up, and I think it would have been a different game. I genuinely do, and I just think like. When you have to zoom in so far that the image is so pixelated that you can't even make out where the end of someone's foot is, I just think there's no need for it. There's absolutely no need. Um, you know, I had West Ham fans on at me today saying, you know, this and that and the other. But look, we'll see where you end up next season, lads. That's all I'll say. No, Love that God. Big lick. Loved it. That's the thing. Like, it just infuriates me. The line is literally Them on lines. the same line. Like... <sighs> That's fucking onside then. Like, it proper infuriated me. Tanya, I'll come to you. What do you make of it? I just ugh, lost for words. I really am. Uh, I don't know what is offside anymore. It, it, I, I just don't. Because for me, the lines, I don't I don't get the line thing. It really winds me up when they draw those lines. Honestly, I just want to punch my TV screen when I see that. But for me, I, I, I struggle to see where it's offside. I, I honestly don't know the thinking behind that decision. I really don't. I, I couldn't tell you, Holly. I couldn't tell you. But I agree with Luke. It's it's it doesn't it's not the fact that we we didn't lose because of that decision. 
we weren't good enough on the day. But sometimes those decisions, they cost you. And I think that did cost us a little bit because really that should have been a goal. And it was a beautiful goal, by the way. Can I just it say, was. the build-up play from Deli Ali there, absolutely beautiful. I was gutted that that weren't given. Gutted because it was a lovely little finish from Kane as well. But I don't know. You just, VAR don't don't surprise me anymore. It's just howler after howler, week in, week out. We're not the only team to suffer from it. Let's have it right. But yeah, joke, absolute joke. I'm still annoyed. That's, and that's it, isn't it, Tanya? Like, we're not the only team that these decisions go against. No. You know, I'm in a group chat with, with the guys on my channel at the moment, and they're all saying, oh, it reminds me of this Liverpool decision. It reminds me of that decision. I'm like, that's not the point, right? I'm not saying that we're the only team that gets these decisions because no. everybody gets these decisions. So those that always stand around and say that, you know, the decisions only happen to their clubs and it's a conspiracy, like someone that I know is a West Ham fan says, um, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But, like... It's just that these things don't need to happen, right? If you have to draw a line over, over the top of another line to see if, if he had size nine boots rather than size nine and a half boots, it would be on side. Like, that's not football. And as you say, the football was beautiful up until that point. One of the biggest issues, I think, is the Spurs players didn't make a big enough of an issue about it. Mm, yeah. You know? Like, may, maybe it wouldn't have up. made too much. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have they're made too much of a difference. But no one seems to be... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's a real strange one. It's just like I said, you sit there for five minutes and they're getting their poxy little lines out, zooming in like this. And you think to yourself, what the fuck are you doing? I want to watch football. You're it's almost like they're, they're trying to make it look offside. Like, that's what I feel mm. like they're doing. Oh, yeah, let's let's put this line here. Let's make it look offside, yeah? I don't know mm. what they're playing at. I really don't. It's a, it's a joke. It's just a disgrace. And, and like Luke said, the thing that frustrated me more is that they didn't even bother looking at the Leeds game. Uh, the Leeds game? The Leeds <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, if you're going to do it for us... Or at show least us the to... image. Yeah, exactly. Because then we, yeah. we don't really have a leg to stand on to moan so much because then, OK, they've done the same to Leeds. But there was nothing. And that's the thing that pisses me off. And I just want to... There's lots of chat about um, <clears throat> this waistcoat egg. No. Oh, the man no. shit football for England. I don't want him to come to Spurs and be even more shit with him in the team. So, no, I don't want Southgate the waistcoat the egg. club if we get Southgate. I'm being <laughs> genuinely serious. I, I, I wouldn't... Honestly, you know what? I've, I've always said I'll back a manager at all costs once they're appointed. But I'm sorry. That for me, nah. No, zero backings from me. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, really no, not no. feeling it. And I start seeing uh, waistcoats in that club shop. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> um, Thomas. I mean, it's a fair enough comment, but again, he'd be having to get his ruler out to try and marry up, marry up where these lines are. So I don't think it would have made a bloody difference. Like I said, I think these refs are all packing with each other. They don't want to make out that one refs is shit and then the other. I think they're just a pack. And if they agree with what's going on in their ear, they just go with it, I think, sadly. So a pack of eggs. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Like Ali says, the FA keep hiring yes men. And that is the same with uh, Mr Levy. Um, But moving slightly away from VAR, I mean, there's only one positive that came from the game, and that was probably Son's goal. Apart from that, there wasn't really a lot else. And like we said, and we've touched on it, it was a Deli Alley through ball. But again, I know Sonny didn't have the best of games once again today, but at least he's got on the goal sheet. He's got on the score sheet. So, Luke, what do you make of Sonny? Do you think his head's still very much at Tottenham or do you think maybe he's talking to his pal Kane and maybe they're both kind of turning heads? Or do you think it's just paper talk nonsense? Look, as much as I'm slowly going towards Levy out, 
the one thing I like about him is that I don't think either of them gets sold this window because mm. he won't sell them unless either of them hand in a transfer request. I can't see anybody paying the 150 million that's quoted on Kane. And I would say at least a hundred million for Son. I just don't see him backing down on that unless they were to hand in physical transfer requests, which I don't believe they either would, they would either of them. Then I think, um, you know, we'll get another, another season out of them. And that's the one thing um, I think I have to respect about Levy is that he won't take anything less than what he feels is worth. Um, in terms of Son wanting to leave, I still don't think he wants to leave. It's just frustrating. Son's having his best goal-scoring season ever at Tottenham, and yet we still think that he's not playing you know, as well as we would expect from Son. He always goes through these stages of not scoring lots, scoring sometimes, scoring you know, like worldies against Arsenal, and then not showing up you know, potentially days like today. It's all about like he plays better breaking in behind with Kane playing the balls through to him. Um, when it gets congested at the back, he finds it very mm-hmm. difficult to get that space um, because he's a lot better running on and using his, his pace as his best asset, right? Um, I just think we find it difficult. When, when teams press us hard, like we used to do under Pochettino, we find it difficult. And when they do press us and win the ball back, we can't press back and they just exploit the gaps. It's simple, right? We just can't figure out how to do it. It's like you said, it's that midfield we need to sort out. And someone said, uh, I don't understand uh, why Kane wouldn't want to leave. And I think it's, I'll come to you, Tanya. Mm -hmm. It's about loyalty. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It is about loyalty. And I think it's because he is a Tottenham man through and through. But to you, Tanya, if Kane was the guy, I wouldn't feel sorry for him. I'm not sorry for him. I wouldn't feel any hatred towards him because I think it's about time he did try and do something with his career. So I think I've asked you this before, Tanya, but with Son and Kane, if one goes, does the other go? Or could you see only one person leaving if it it was to be? I think one of them may leave and I think it might be Kane. I know what Luke is saying. I think Levy, he's very stubborn. If he doesn't get what he wants, he won't sell. But I just think Kane now is at a point where he's 28 and I think he's been very loyal to Tottenham fans. You know, he could have left many seasons ago and he's chosen to to stick at Tottenham because he believed in the project. But I think we're now at a point where we need a rebuild. And with all this talk about players have to go before we sell, I don't know, maybe, maybe selling Kane is the only way that we can start that rebuild. And I don't believe we should have to sell our best players. I believe we should have owners that actually put money in their pockets. But unfortunately, that that isn't what we have at Tottenham. So I wouldn't be grudged Kane at all if he wanted to leave because he, he, he really has given us everything. You know, he's stepped up when we've needed him. And he's performed in a team that, let's be honest, it's not the best team in the league. Can you imagine if he goes to a City, the damage he could do if he goes to a United? So I just think he he wants to win trophies and realistically, we're, we're not in that position. So I think he, he will leave in the summer. But I think both, it's either one or the other. I think Son will stay, I think. But I think Kane could go, sadly. And it, that's the thing that really worries me. Obviously, if Kane goes, uh, I wouldn't feel any hatred towards him because I think it's not about time he did something with his career. But 
the thing that worries me, and people have said this in the chat, is look what we did with the money that we got for Bale. I know. <laughs> look the at the, the money we would do if we sold Kane. Can you imagine it? Like to to get a player to Kane standard, I don't think you can find the mold of Kane anywhere in the world. Sadly, I just think Kane is just a one-off player, especially this season where he's decided to come play a bit more deeper and actually spray the ball and get on the end of crosses and things like that that he does anyway. It's really elevated this game, and I don't think you can necessarily find anyone at the same mm. level as he is. So you're gonna ideally have to bring in two world-class players, so to speak, and that is never yeah. gonna happen under this yeah. regime of Levy and Enik, never, which kind of leads on to um, something I want to talk about, because obviously it is coming up on the 15th of May, which is the Enik out protest. So, Luke, I know you can't necessarily get to it because of where you are, but what are your kind of thoughts on the whole Enik and Levy situation? Now, I know you said, obviously, there's one thing about Levy that you like. but mm, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon think a lot, a lot of people are surprised, right? Sorry, I'm just, I'm just right. jumping straight in. A lot of people are surprised, right? I look at the footballing side and the business side of, a, of the way the club is run. And I think the way that decisions have been made on a footballing front have been atrocious. But I also look at how we sit as a club and has an attractive club in terms of a potential sale. A football club is no different to any business, right? You wouldn't just go and throw all of your money and get yourself into loads of debt if you had a business. It just wouldn't happen. You have to make strategic decisions. And a lot of them have been detrimental to the footballing side because of the decisions that have been made for the economic side, right? Stadium that they've built us, the streams of revenue that can come in through the different aspects of it are absolutely outstanding in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it's still a football club and we still have to fight on a footballing level. So that is why I am now verging on, you know, Enik out, Levy out. But my other problem is we have to be careful what we wish for in terms of who we then get in, whether the footballing decision will be made any differently. We'll still have the same owners. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless the club was sold and then if it gets sold, what's there to say that the person that buys us is any better? Mm. These are the biggest worries that I have as a Tottenham fan is that we can wish for everything, right? But... We need to make sure the decisions are made for the correct way and that we can't make, you know, unless the club becomes a 50 plus one, you know, like in Germany where the fans have a lot to say in the club and all the rest of it, it could be uh, even worse, you know, to get us to a stage where they have now, where we have, look, 10 years ago, we were a team that was finishing eighth, ninth, 10th in the Premier League and that would be an all right season. Right now we're in a crisis, and I've seen after my friends from uh, Sideline Talk podcast in there, the Arsenal fans giving it some, and I like they haven't given them the clout they deserve and uh, or they want, <laughs> um, you know, and they're still going on at us about how much we're in crisis, and we're still sitting sixth in the Premier League, and this is how much our club has moved forward that we are this angry and this annoyed about finishing fifth or sixth in the Premier League this season and not finishing in the top four. Now, that doesn't say that, you know, we should now not protest against the owners. They shouldn't do anything to change that. 100% they need to change it. Um, money, More money needs to be spent. We can't be, I think with our ninth richest club in Europe, we can't be that and not show it on the footballing pitch, if you get me. We need to be playing regular Champions League football and we need to be winning trophies. And that they need to start spending money on because we do need a big rebuild in the summer. Uh, in my opinion... 
the most crucial part now is the right manager. And I don't think there's anyone out there, in my opinion, that is the right fit, apart from the man we sacked, Pochettino. Yeah. And Luke, to be fair to you, what you said, there's parts of it that I I, I don't disagree with. I, I think they have done well as in the sense of um, making a nice stadium, making nice facilities. But like some of you said in the comments, that's what they do. Their property, they own property management. That's that's what they do. That's their that's their role in life. And I think, sadly, I think it's got to a stage with me where I'm like, yeah, you're not concerned in the football anymore. This has always been your end goal, and it, it makes me laugh as well because the Super League, I feel, has been going on for a long longer than we may assume because it seems funny. We moved out of our stadium. Okay, we might have needed it, but yes, because there was more fans and we needed more seats, but. Every team in that in that Super League had a very good stadium to bring in revenue, to get people from all over the world to come and watch Tottenham play. So for me, I think it's they're very shady and very shifty. And I think for me, they've done a lovely job in facilities, but I think now's the time to go to get someone else in that's going to put football first. And it is interesting that you say that we do need to be careful what we wish for. But I think 20 years of having a nice, getting a nice stadium and having a nice training facility, but for one cup, I don't really think sits well with me. I agree, but the but I've just read in uh, refs comment, you know, a bit back saying the you know nineties were crap, but we won trophies. Yeah, but the football, the ability of players in the nineties and the footballing standard in the Premier League was mm. nothing like it is now. You know, the standard of football has improved dramatically, in my opinion, since then. So we may have won trophies back then, but that was very common that teams outside of the you know big four, big five, or whatever you want to call it, used to. Um, you know, win all the different trophies and everything else. I look, I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm backing them 100%. I just think that there are certain things sorry. that... Sorry. <laughs> there are certain things that, like, we have to be thankful for. But but more money needs to be spent. A lot of money needs to be spent. And well, it needs to be thing. done now. But I think the first appointment is the manager. And if they get that wrong, then that's me done with that. If they get this decision wrong, if I see the likes of Graham Potter, if I see the likes of Scott Parker, Ryan Mason, um, I could the list could go on, right? If I see any of those become Spurs manager, I'm, I'm done with, with Levy and I'm done with any. Because that at this point, they have to listen to the fans. They have to hear what we're saying and change their way of doing things. And if they don't start to do that now then I can't back them anymore. I agree with you, Lee. And um, I'm interested to hear your opinions because to be fair to you, you do put across a strong argument. But for me, if COVID, if no, no, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I think you've, you've done well in portraying the way you see things because it is quite nice to hear the other side of the conversation because I don't want to sit here and be like, no, you're wrong. You're this, that and the other. It's quite nice to hear hmm. your thought process behind it. But for me, if COVID wasn't a thing and we had the likes of the NFL being played in there, we had the likes of Lady Gaga, we had the likes of um, Guns N' Roses played in there, yes, we'd renovate, we'd get a lot of money. But when I see the bail deal go through, I can see history repeating itself and them not investing that money that we get heavily into the squad. That's the thing that does, doesn't sit right with me. I feel like that would go straight into their pockets for me. Um, so, Tanya, what's, I want to kind of see your, your thought processes. I, I kind of know already, but if you want to, like, put it out there and, and share it with everyone. What's your thoughts on Enik and Levy? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be as 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 nice about Levy and Enik as Luke. But no, I, I agree with you, Holly, what you just said there. 
I'm not going to sit here and say Luke is wrong because he's not. I think Levy, from a business side, he's he's done a great job with this football club. From where we were, you know, 10 or so years ago to now, we've got a brilliant stadium. And I think he bought us for like peanuts. And now we're worth like up to three something billion. You know, he has elevated us as a football club. But I just think it's interesting you say if they, if they don't get the managerial appointment right, that's the last straw for you. For me, the last straw, I mean, there's been so many last straws. You know, the fact that we went two summer transfer windows without buying a single player. You know, the fact that we didn't invest in the squad when we needed to, to really help us kick on. And then you look at the recruitment, it's been so poor. And you have to you have to look at Daniel Levy and and the decision making and the lack of spending. It isn't good enough. And one trophy in 20 years, I just think we're we are a good club, Tottenham. And I think we could be doing better. And I think we will do better with different owners. But I get it, you you have to be careful what you wish for. But at this point, I'm I'm willing to take that risk. I really, really am. I just, I even think you have to look at the the situation with season tickets. I was on another show with Yan City, and she was telling me she spoke to a Tottenham fan. I didn't realise this, right? So Man City season tickets they're eight hundred and fifty pound. Ours is one thousand three hundred pounds. You know, that's just who who does Daniel Levy think we are to be charging that amount of money? The Aston Villa game that's going to allow fans back in the stadium, £60. Mm, I think yeah. that's where the frustration is. Fans are going to be paying that much money and we're not seeing that on the pitch. And that's where I just feel like you can't... I just can't trust them, I think. And they can rectify a lot of their wrongdoing in the summer. If, if they actually get this managerial appointment right and we see the clear out that we want and we get the players in that will actually improve us next next season, maybe maybe I'll say, okay, you know what? You've you've rectified yourself. But I, I just, I, I oppose them. I really do. And I'm going to be out there protesting. But that's not to say I don't see... I don't see the good in Levy and Enoch, but I just think, for me, the bad outweighs that at the moment. I just think it's been too many years of of failure and poor decision making. That's the thing. Because, it's, go on, sorry, sorry, just no, just one last thing actually, because even Ryan Mason and even the players, you know, we say the players aren't good enough, and the the manager Ryan Mason, why is he being put in this position? It goes back to the board every time. They decided to sack Jose the week before a final and put a 26, how old is he, 26 or 29-year-old? 28, in, I think, yeah. Yeah, in a final up against Pep, who has so much experience. And then the players, who's deciding to sign these players? Eric Dyer giving him a new contract, you know, not clearing out the dead wood when, we, when we've needed to for so long, not not replenishing this this squad that let's be honest I think some of these they're stale it's stale we need we need a refresh you know bringing in players like you know we could have got a, a Jack Grealish who decided to actually say you know what let's give you five million and, and Joss Onoma was it yeah oh let's decide to get Lacelso instead of Brian um Bruno Fernandez oh let's not get um Paolo Dybala because of the image rights you know that's the thing I'm just it's too many things for me. Too many things. I could go on. I could go on about about them. Like like Holly says, he's, he's an egg. I, I don't want to talk about eggs. I don't like eggs. He's a bad egg. He's a bad egg. It's just for me. It's just really hard to sit here. They took us into a super league, 
They no, then decided they're going to charge us 60 quid for a midweek game, like Kenk has already said today. Like, Yeah, that's how- that's not, you know, that's not mm. acceptable in my opinion. Um, look, I know the club has, has struggled with money, but I think a lot there's a lot more people worse off. I can't remember who it is, but there is one team, someone might be able to tell me in the comments, but there is a team who are going to give fans the game for free. As far oh, as I, as far as I read, wow. unless Burnley? I dreamt that, yeah, that somebody, Burnley. yeah, Burnley, that's it, yeah, because they're owned by the Americans, aren't they? Um, and that is incredible, you know, wow. Because a lot of people, let's not get this wrong, have been some people have done, you know, financially well through through all these times. There you go. But some people are really struggling. Yeah. And then it. to say then to say sixty quid for a game is unacceptable in my eyes. You know, I'm not, as I said, I'm just trying to, yeah. To look at things um, on both sides, and and I can, but in terms of that's the biggest worry for me is like what, and I know you say Tanya, you'd be willing to take the risk, but the last thing I want is to end up like Arsenal. Yeah, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm not if there's Arsenal fans, forgive me, but you know, next season will be the first season in a long time that they haven't um, ever got European football, and they've just been going down and down and down for the last few seasons. And that's the last thing I want is to undo all of this that has happened. And yeah, we want trophies. Of course we do. Um, but I don't know. It, yeah. It's just, I think for me, they're just like you said, we've been in a world pandemic and the thing that pisses me off as well. I think I read something earlier in the fact that they're, um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. They're stopping paying back their loan back to the government. You know, the government gave them yeah. a loan because of yeah. COVID. They're yeah. putting that off again. That's the thing that really irritates me. You've got the audacity, you're a football club like that, to ask for a loan from the government when there's loads of people struggling <laughs> with the pandemic and now you're going to refuse to pay it back on time. Like, oh, it bores my blood, it really does. But... I just want to answer, sorry, Chuck's comment that just says, um, we're, unfortunately, yeah, we're going to end up like Arsenal. We're on a worrying trajectory. I really don't get that. Like, there is a lot of people that are like, okay, I'm angry, right? We lost today. We're still sixth in the Premier League, right? And yeah. if West Ham don't win tomorrow, we're two points off fifth. Like no, I'm not saying top four is possible. No, I'm not saying yourself. top. I'm don't. not saying top four is possible. What I'm saying is we're not sitting eighth, ninth, tenth in the Premier League. I, I can see where he's coming from. Them. I just feel like there are similar patterns happening here, where you know the lack of investment, you know keeping players that shouldn't be at the club. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I just, I worry we could end up like an Arsenal. I really do. Because yeah. I'm looking at other teams like Leicester, Everton, even West Ham. They they look ahead of us at the minute. You know, if West Ham get top four, that's a whole load of money that they can get in. They've already got a decent side. Leicester, they're a good team. I just think we're slipping away at the moment and I think we can fall behind. I really do. Because I, I just think, you know, I, I laughed at Arsenal, but this season, are we any different from them? Not really. Not really. We're, we're both very poor teams at the moment. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just less hopeful than you, Luke. I, I do admire the... The positivity. I'm just, I'm just. Too... Life is all about positivity. We have to be positive, it's otherwise, true. what else have we got? No, you're all right. right. You're right. And <laughs> it is, it is really interesting because I've never really had this discussion with Luke, and it is quite nice to have it like fresh mm. now. And 
I do get what you're saying and like we have to do stay we have to stay positive but I just think there's been so many times that like Kink said we've paper over cracks and yeah. I, I don't know how many more cracks we can take before it all falls apart because we haven't invested at the right time Enik decided to ride the wave and not invest in players or shift out the Deadwood now we've got to do both in the height of a pandemic and we're just coming out of it like there's no money anywhere so to speak as they say but this is my problem. They've let it go on for too long. Mm. Get this stage where we've got to shift all these players out and bring in class players as well. It, it's not going to work. And no, I, I think. Sorry, yeah, I right. think like that time when they didn't invest, it was like a a calculated risk, and obviously it just did not pay off. You know, in the sense of like we've got a stadium to try and pay for, so we'll just we'll just try. You know, like a calculated risk of not spending any money, see if we can carry on. And then it's just got absolutely nosedived. I agree with that completely. And that's the thing. I I think we are slowly on a path of Arsenal in a sense that I feel like because of doing that, it's going to take us longer to get back to where we were. And I joke about it. And I always say that Everton are the northern equivalent of us. But I think they're slowly overtaking us. I really do. And that is a big mm. statement to say. But I think they are. Because mm. they've got a manager in. Because they're getting players in when they need to get players in. And okay, they're, they're slight bottlers at the moment, but I think they're overtaking us. They've no, they got a are. New stadium coming up. Like it's it's the it's because depressing you, to say that. You only have to look at as well. I know it's all speculation at the moment, but I think there were Leicester were linked with a, a Lille player at the moment. I can't remember his name, but I hear good things about this player. Even Everton, I'm hearing they might get Max Aaron's in. You know why are we not linked with these kind of players? And that's the thing. I just think they've got they've got a good structure. They've got good managers, good recruitment. I look at us and I just think there needs to be wholesale changes at the club for me. It's mm. just, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Yeah, if a team around us goes and buys Max Aaron's, I would, it would kill me. It could happen. Because <laughs> he's the player we are crying out for right now. Yeah. We yeah. are crying out for on that right-hand side. I think, you know, that obviously we need centre-backs as well. But I think someone <laughs> like him, the kid is absolutely ridiculously talented. Norwich, fair play to them. They said to him, just play for us next, this season and then we'll let you go. Um, you know, if he goes to someone like Bayern Munich or also linked with him, then, you know, I can forgive Spurs for that. But if someone like Everton goes out and buys him, it would kill me. Like, I think they will. I think they will. That's the thing. Sad to say. It's not necessarily, I think it's like a whole combination of things. I think it's obviously Eric and Levy, the ones with the money and the one with the tight wallet. And I also think it's Steve Hitchin as well. Like, what the fuck oh. does that mean? Oh, that guy just needs bidding off, doesn't he? I think he's the biggest. Phil, Phil Mitchell, mate. I said he's better <laughs> off. He's better off in EastEnders, honestly. I, I just how he do you know why I hate him? Because he messed up that Scooney deal. I don't know what happened there. They were in Italy. I don't know. Did he get distracted and, and get spaghetti bolognese? Or I don't know. I don't know what happened there. He oh that guy. I mean the fact that he said he hates what did he say he hates the January transfer window? That's your job. <laughs> Surely that's the oh only time that his job matters, right? Surely only yeah, has to work exactly. twice a year. I mean, How this you hate that. Oh, this comment right, is is so true. Even Carl Walker, we haven't bloody replaced. Oh, We've got, God. God. Just, God. Even, even Danny Rose, if you're looking at, I mean, Ben Davis, I think he he's a squad player. He's not a, a starting left back for me. Regulon's been poor. You have to say even Danny Rose. When we had those two fullbacks in our team, oh my God. We were but brilliant, again, weren't we? But again, obviously, with Danny Rose, I think he's regressed. 
But with Carl Walker, yeah. he's improved. But it, we've never, we never. I know, we to, don't. This pisses because, me off every time. Because then we had we had Trippier, who was a backup for for Carl Walker. Then we started the backup and got backup for the backup, which is Aubrey. And now we've got the backup backup as starter. Do you know how crazy that sounds? What is <laughs> oh, no. oh my god, it's mad! It's mad. He's still waiting um, for that Milan call, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just want to answer Jez. Um, yes. Um, I ran out of peach gin yesterday, but I will be drinking uh pink gin today, and I'll be spending oh, all gin. afternoon in there. Oh, yeah, man. I'll be living life in the Agabar. Nah. Be vibes. Um, <laughs> Like good old friends, rather aside where Luke comes from, and doubts and Harry Winks out. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. But um, with all of that, I just want to say if you are strongly against Enik and uh, Levy, the bald eggs at the top, you need to get yourselves down to the top of the stadium on the 15th of May. I will be there. Mm -hmm. I know Tanya will be there as yeah. well. And I'll be uh, frying about my egg. Um, what's the name? I might actually chuck some eggs, maybe. Maybe really spice it up a bit. <laughs> oh, um, hey, I tell you. <laughs> Go on, I'm fuming. Um, but no, I want to. What I'll say uh, is, don't be a don't be a United fan. Like, go what? and protest and like have your voice, yeah. but don't be an egg. <laughs> don't be an egg. Yeah, don't be an egg. Maybe don't throw the eggs. Just have the eggs and jiggle them. I don't even know. But yeah, that if I if it was illegal, I'd be climbing up the skywalk and uh, throwing eggs at the top of the skywalk downwards at Levy. Oh Stadium. yeah, burn that bloody skywalk! <laughs> I tell you. I but mean, I it's don't... genius, though. It's genius. I have to give it to Levy on that one. It's genius. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, properties is is game, and he's done really well with that. Just the football, it's it's kind of let it slide and slip. But nevertheless, I want to say thank you for both of you sitting on here today with me going over another defeat. Pleasure. The vibes. Um, but I just want to say, Luke, where can everybody find you and your content? Yeah, so you can find me at Rivalry Aside TV on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, been a pleasure. It's got it out of my system, so thanks for that. And I've caused a bit of controversy with my NX chat, so why not? <laughs> Love it. It's always good to stir the pot, isn't it? <laughs> In all honesty, like, it's quite nice to hear another yeah. side of the story. Like, I'm not here to belittle anyone. Like, if that's not the way you And to be fair, you put across valid points. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you've kind of felt the opposite of our kind of conversation as well. It's just a very tough time, I think, being a Spurs fan in the sense of which direction we really need to take. But I think at the end of the day, we just all want what's best for Tottenham, yeah, I think. Yeah, 100%. That's mm -hmm. the main way to look at it. And obviously, Tanya, thanks for coming on as well. Where can we all find you? Oh, no worries. It's always a pleasure coming on. It's great to chat with Luke as well. I've not met you before. So, yeah, no, really good. Even though we, we lost today, which is a shame. But, yeah, find me on Twitter at Tanya underscore Leona if you want to hear more rants from me. Um, I'm also on the football terrace as well, Midnight Vibes. And yeah, I actually do a podcast with three of my boys. We'll talk about that later. Drop episodes every Wednesday. So yeah, I'll be on there again this week, ranting about Spurs. So yeah, look out for that one. Thank <laughs> you, Tanya. Uh, no, honestly, it's a pleasure, both of you. Um, and I want to say a big shout out to everyone in the chat. Like you say, Holly Sots Spurs Live. I'm not very good at putting everyone's comments up. Um, but Thank you to all of you. If you are new, please remember to hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. And obviously after the show's finished, get in the comments what you thought of today's game. But until next time, here we go again. Come on, you Spurs. Woo